cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 16th of February, 2009. Newcomers, look into cuttingthroughmatrix.com and download the previous talks I've given. There's lots of them where I try to fill in the gaps in history and give you a bigger picture of what really goes on in the world because it is so complex and much of it is really hidden from the public's view intentionally. That's how you rule people. You don't tell them the truth at any time. You can can expose it long after the events have happened. That's called revelation of the method, and they do that every few years to show us how we've all been fooled. And as they're doing that, they've already got you under the next con. That's how the system works. Also, look into Alan sentinel.eu for transcripts of these talks, which you can download and print up. And they're written in the various languages of Europe. You can go to cuttingthroughmatrix.com website and order the books. And this I have for sale. That keeps me going. Or you can help donate. That keeps things ticking over. And it just ticks over these days, that's for sure. Now, I talked about the revelation of the method and how every few years someone it seems to be is authorized to come out and tell us a lot of truth. Not the whole truth, but a lot of truth. Much of it is also intended to show you where you can go with your studies or your thinking because it's politically incorrect to talk about certain other truths. And one of these uh, exposers, really, of recent times is, is Adam Curtis from the BBC, who does a lot of documentaries on the 80s, the 70s, the 80s, 90s, up to the present time. And he's got lots of documentaries out on what happens behind the scenes, the real reasons things really happen. He shows you how the media will spout out the official party line on any particular major topic, and then he'll show you the truth of what's really happening behind the scenes at the same time. It's, it's an excellent revelation of the method that he presents to you. But as I say, he can't go into everything because these days, especially, so many topics are simply incorrect. You can't talk about them by law. That ties in with other philosophers as well who, who say that philosophers themselves in times gone by wrote esoterically for the reader In other words, the pages themselves would demand that you question things further, information on the pages, because even in their days, there were certain topics they couldn't touch on because of politics and establishments and so on. Nothing really has changed. But what uh, Curtis, as I say, Adam Curtis shows you, really is that all through the 20th century, and escalating through it right up to the present time, that think tanks, and I've got into the think tanks to some 
quite some deep extent. And the big foundations that run them have been advising politicians on where to go. And initially, when you look at all the different directions that they go, the left wing, the right wing, and so on, it seems, it seems complex, but it's not really, because they'd all end up regardless at, at the same point. They're both on the same track and going on the same direction in a different way. That's all. They arrive at the same points of globalism, sustainable development, and so on. It's just a matter of techniques used on the public that slightly differs, not terribly greatly either. And we'll be back in a more, with more on this particular topic after this break. on 
What it really means is that everyone at the bottom, the general population, is allowed a, a maximum type of freedom and less intrusion by governments. And that's really how it goes. Uh, technically, anyone can, can try and get up to a higher standard of living, although generally it's, it's fairly impossible for most people if you're not born within a, a certain class or you have friends in higher places. Positive freedom was where governments gave a myth again uh, to take rights away, to get the whole society working on a particular direction, much like the Soviet system. We're all working towards a common cause idea. And so the neoconservatives chose the new freedom, which was the, the called positive freedom, which really was a limitation of freedoms and rights for the greater good, supposedly, by those at the top who knew how to manage the great society in a particular direction. And it's all based on purpose of society. It's something most of us don't even think about, is purpose of society. These boys at the top, really, when you compare it to the Soviet Union, and Adam Curtis did that in The Power of Nightmares, he showed you that both systems were pretty well identical. And in fact, as Bernays was, was creating the American culture and the, the European culture, really, and using focus groups and study groups and all the rest of it, uh, they were doing exactly the same thing in the Soviet Union, and uh, Curtis gives you different clips from them doing that over there. A completely different picture of that which was painted in the West. And not only that, the Soviet Union could actually employ the big corporations that were into marketing and, and use it on the Soviet system as well. But both systems were founded on the premise that society is like one great machine and that everyone is completely predictable. And that's how the whole Cold War was based, on that predictability of human beings. And at the same time, there were the big profiteers uh, living on the Cold War and advising presidents and so on, and often with ties to the big companies that were making the missiles. That was, that was common knowledge even at that time. It would break out into the papers every so often in Britain and in the U.S. and Canada and elsewhere. But, as I say, most people don't think about having purpose. And these guys always see their role is to give purpose or direct purpose in society and have us all go along this particular channel. And I don't care if they call it positive or negative uh, or try and confuse us all with their various theories. The scary part is that politicians grab these theories and run with them. That's the scary part. Because as I say, in all of these theories, they don't really see a person as a distinct individual at all. In fact, I think all sides see the individual as a potential problem. That's why this world we're going into now, again, run by the different theories of certain philosophers, present-day philosophers in universities that are backed by big foundations and think tanks. That's why they want everyone in society, the worldwide, to, have to, to give all their data over, and if, if you don't, they'll take it anyway. And they also want us all psychologically tested to see if we're fit human beings to be allowed to walk around with our limited freedoms that we have. And they also want the right to work on us if they claim we're defective in some way or another. They want to standardize everything. Those at the top, whenever they see society as having a direction and purpose, always see us as a big mass of people 
and any little differences amongst us are, are trivia to them. They want us all standardized into the new society. And again, under this whole incredible nonsense that spouted out from hailed professors at the top to do with purpose and keeping the world population down and all the rest of it, all the possible things that could possibly go wrong and taking care of it, you end up with paranoid freaks at the top running the world. And that's what we have today are paranoid, ultra-paranoid freaks watching that Curtis series, The Power of Nightmares, you actually hear some of these paranoid freaks that advised presidents during the Cold War and made their whole lives living off it, looking for things that were not there. And one of them came up with the theory of the known unknowns. This is something that Rumsfeld kept prattling on about too in his speeches, the known unknown. We know the knowns and we know there's unknowns. And he went through a strange diatribe that no one could follow but it all came from a university professor. And the idea was that if you couldn't find the Soviet submarines anywhere with the latest detection gear and all the latest true information that was gathered by CIA and the Air Force and so on, then the, the fact that you couldn't find any evidence of the submarines means that they do exist. That literally was the theory. Known unknowns and unknown knowns. Absolute madness. But you see, when you get people living and working with think tanks that go into these strange areas of thought, taking a possibility, and almost Talmudically putting through a whole process of bends and twists, you would end up with nutcases at the end of it. And that's what we have. Nutcases. This whole idea of global warming and the big greening movement is part, again, of the big collective great plan. You've got to give us a, a myth for the age which we must all follow and sacrifice towards, you see, getting us all working together. And it doesn't matter if it's true or not, as many of them at the top have actually said, and I read some of the statements last week from some of them who said this. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. It's for the greater good. These are myths for the age that Plato said they must use to keep control over society. The cost is irrelevant to them. And remember, too, quite a few years back, there was documentation came out on wars and the techniques of wars and, and the real reasons behind wars. And they said that if there was no enemy, you'd have to create one to keep power over the public. Because the only time the public truly obey and work together, in fact, the Club of Rome said the same thing, is when there's a threat from somewhere. Therefore, you must invent the threat. And the Club of Rome decided to come up with global warming and man being at war with the environment, and that couldn't persist. It had to be altered. They said that would fit the bill. So they always have to have a threat to keep government in control over the public. You'll find that Curtis also went into this technique of using terrorism. It was a, a blessing to them. Personally, I think it was all planned and staged, and there's so much evidence there was. In fact, they couldn't have done what they did. They've got to, to, to where they are today with the anti-terrorism bills and all the rest of it. Without that happening, they needed it to happen. In fact, it was right up their alley. That's what they were founded on, that whole kind of theory. We need a, a, something to happen to give us a right to 
to take control over all data and everyone's life. That, that's really what they needed. That was so obvious, and that's what came out. So those people who can get access to it, and I'll try and get some links to the power of nightmares. Someone will send them ultimately to me. I'll put them up on the website, and you can go through them. There's quite a few things to watch there, and it's worth seeing a few times, in fact, because it's packed with information. What it does omiss, omit are the other big players, like the big think tanks and the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Rockefeller Foundation. They've been planning this world for a long, long time, over 100 years. Back with more after this break. Artificial food 
to greatly cheapen production of necessities, an increase of population might for a time be thought wise. I shall, however, assume that in normal times the world government will decree a stationary population. Now, I've I've read many articles in the past to do with the deliberate sterilization of the males across the world, but mainly across the Western world. There's no doubt on that. The, The data is there. I've got links on my website taking you to even the CBC archives of the disappearing male. And it's so odd, too, when you look into most medications that are out there that are very common amongst people for high blood pressure, etc., they'll tell you will probably cause sexual dysfunction, meaning you can't procreate. It's, it's a common, common side effect that they always seem to have. And here's an article that ties in with this. It's from England. Someone sent it over a newspaper from the Metro. And I remember when it came out, and I had the article here on email, it's from Thursday, September the 25th, 2008, infertility fear over drugs for depressed. Millions of men who take antidepressants are risking infertility, researchers warn. They could be damaging the DNA of their sperm by using the common drug paroxetin test show. The proportion of sperm damaged more than doubled from 13.8% to 30.3% after four weeks of taking the drugs, researchers claim. So within four weeks, you're, you're, you're down. <laughs> the sperm recovered when the drug was, use was halted, but were damaged again within days of resuming. Reproduction expert Dr. Alan Pacey said the apparent increase in sperm DNA damage is alarming. So it not only reduces the sperm count, it damages the DNA itself. This is quite the scientific weapon, isn't it? Just more than one in ten people in Britain suffer from depression. One in ten. Paroxetin and Prozac, both known as selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, account for half of the 34 million prescriptions to treat it. And it's an interesting thing on, on these, these serotonin uptake inhibitors. It stops the reuptake of, of serotonin. Now, what they also know is serotonin is vital for your fight or flight capabilities. If it's absent, you're very passive and calm. You don't react normally to threats that are there for your own personal survival. And yet this is the main drug that's been pushed for years. It's even found in animals and insects. And even when insects swarm, the serotonin level goes way up before the swarm. It's the same thing in warfare too. Serotonin is up there when you're fighting for your life. It's a necessary part of survival. But what I've read before about that, remember, from different authors, it says you won't need your survival capabilities because the state will be making all the decisions for you. A pacified public. Interesting, isn't it? These guys know what they're doing. But it also has the added effect, the benefit for them, uh, that it will help sterilize you. That other big problem that they have. So studies have linked this to problems such as loss of libido, erection problems, and a failure to orgasm. Plus, your, your sperm are kaput. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Eiffels. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix, reading from an article from the Metro, September the 25th, 2008, about infertility caused by very common drugs that are used today. And it says here that studies have linked these SSRIs, that's the reuptake inhibitors, to problems such as loss of libido, erection problems, and failure to orgasm. The latest warnings followed tests on 35 healthy men by researchers in New York. The level of DNA damage they found has been linked to fertility and pregnancy problems in the past. Mental health charity called Mind said, we know that SSRIs and other psychiatric medications can have serious sexual side effects. We need to see a greater commitment from drug companies to research both the side effects of medication and what can be done to reduce them. Well, that's blowing in the wind because basically uh, this, is part of the, this is part of the direction we're supposed to go in. Depopulate too. GlaxoSmithKline, of course, is the big company again which sells paroxetine distance itself from the research published in New Scientist that said it would review the findings and that would be the last we'll hear about it of course because they, they knew this before they gave it to the public of course they did of course they did and this falls right in again with something that Paul Ehrlich talks about and the Club of Rome too and the Club of Rome again is one of these big massive think tanks that's interconnected for creating the premier policy that the rest of the think tanks follow. They come up with the ideas, then they pass them on to their think tanks, they give them to the round tables, and they hammer out how to implement it into society. But, you know, the Club of Rome developed a plan that was called Global 2000, and the plan was to bump off, wipe out several billion people by 2050. Isn't it interesting that those articles are read from the British military think tanks and the American think tanks that are now official policy all say that by 2050 the population will suddenly plummet. Isn't that a coincidence when you tie it in with Global 2000 from the Club of Rome? Paul Ehrlich, here's another one that was sent over from Europe to join a whole bunch that were into mass movements and creating mass movements and controlling them and dreaming up new problems for the future that we get taught as myths, of course. Paul Ehrlich, famous for his work on the population threat. That's what he was always on about, population problems. In his book called The Population Bomb, this is what he said. He said, it might be necessary to, to add a sterilant, a sterilant, a sterilizer to the drinking water or staple foods to sterilize the entire population, giving the antidote to a select few. The forced sterilization programs of India and China may be the wave of the future in a corporate-controlled society. It says the population will drop from one of two solutions. The birth rate will be lowered, or, this is what he calls it, the death rate solution will be used through war, famine, pestilence. It's also said that the time for sugar-coated solutions was long gone. So really, uh, uh, beyond all the theories and, and the hoopla they give us throughout the generations, the same agenda goes on. It's always been the same agenda to vastly reduce the population. And what it tells you is that there's a group at the top that are petrified. They live in terror of the general public, of every country. And it also... It's indicative as to why they're terrified of the individual. 
You see, they're pretty confident that they've got the, the masses sussed out, the average person sussed out, who live for themselves. They live for their little comforts and things that they're into, and they're happy and contented. And they don't do anything drastic with their lives that will change the world. So they're, they're terrified about the oddball that comes along with a great idea. And if, they, if you've got a great idea, they'll hire and employ you at the top. Or, or they'll have to kill you, as Bertrand Russell said. Because you might have the ability to get your, your views over to other people in a coherent, simple manner. And get them all protesting something that the government doesn't want. So they have to recruit you on their side, as Russell said, or eliminate you. That's what he said. Quite something, isn't it? Now we've got Rico from Toronto on the line. Are you there, Rico? I do now. I'm surviving here. Yeah. Um, nice to hear from you again. Yeah. Um, I called Friday, and I just wanted a, a, a little bit more detail analysis. I was just talking. I think I asked you about this. You announced a little bit of Haiti. It was just very. You know, I know you had other calls, so it's very short. I just started the. You can give me a more detailed analysis. Of what happened during the 80s, did you say? Oh, no, I said Haiti, the island. Oh. The, the oh. island of Haiti, 1804, uh, 20 years of civil war to get its independence from slavery. Yeah, yeah well, as you, as you know yourself, though, they've never given uh, that country a break. The UN or the US has either been in back and forth over the years. And I think it has to have some personal strategic plan to their overall strategies, or, or they'd leave it alone, you know. There's got to be some reason that there's either oil all around there and it could be under the sea or something, but there will be something that they want in geopolitics for them to always be going in and out of there. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I, I was told, like, Mr. sent me emails mm-hmm. saying how uh, uh, large deposits of oil were found. Yes. Um, like, uh, on, on and, and the thing is, the, the politicians uh, were so corrupted, they never exploited it. They just came, robbed the treasury, you know, took $100 million, you know, mm-hmm. uh, drug traffic, left, and they never developed it for the people. That's right. And even when the World Bank gives them loans and some, yeah, they go into pockets and it would never get used on the projects. Yeah, and that, yeah. that is true, yeah. But it's the same, same reason that Britain went into the Falklands, because they'd done test drilling off of the Falklands Islands, uh, for years, and they said there's vast quantities of oil under there, and that's why Britain went there. Otherwise, they would have let them, the Argentinians have it. Yeah, it, I, 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 I always thought like there was a, a special plan also, because if you look at other islands, you look like at, at Jamaica, you look at, they don't come in with the UN and, and basically invade the country and, and stay there for years. Yes. Yes, you know, like definitely, just, yeah. definitely, you know, because because they either get something out of it long term. There's going to be something they want there because they won't put that kind of money and cost uh, on a, a project. They're, they're not into helping people. That's right. That's right. I even heard of like somebody had told me too that they're taking out um and this is like guarded by soldiers. The certain parts of the island they take out like a um, whole bunch of minerals, right? Yeah. And there's no. You know, there's no accounting because the Haitian government, they're just they're gangsters. They just come, line their pockets, and they, go. they don't care. Exactly. They really don't care. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. I, yeah, I just wanted to, because I know, you know, I respect, you know, how you think. So, I just wanted a, 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 your analysis on it. 
Yes, I, I think it's geopolitics and, and a strategic uh, place to, uh, that's got some future role down the road. Yeah. Thank you so much, Alan. Thank you. Take care. And now I've got Dennis on the line again. I just lost my feed here from the satellite, but are you there, Dennis? Uh, yes, Alan, hi. Where are you from? Um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, okay. I'm down in Arkansas, but I just have a quick question. I heard your show the other day. You're talking about uh, predictive programming, and you're talking about Star Trek. Yes. I've never been a real TV fan, um, but I noticed years ago um, they had this NWO um, on wrestling. Yes. And could you make a comment on that? And I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, well, sure. With the Star Trek, it's quite obvious when you look back on it that really it was all allegory for what was to happen on Earth. And you have the spaceship, an Enterprise. Again, remember the famous Enterprise, God blesses on this Enterprise is one of the U.S. models. And people don't ask what they mean by an Enterprise. Well, they also call it their divine mission. They believe it's a mission for the U.S. Well, the Starship Enterprise was the, the whole thing about free trade. Wherever they went across the galaxies, it was to do with free trade. And the good guys would join them, and anybody who didn't join them was a bad guy. And, and generally an awful-looking character as well, an alien. So that was very simplistic uh, programming. But they also brought into it population problems in one of their series. They brought into eugenics on many series and superior types and inferior types uh, of, of characters was, was put out in, again, a fictional form that downloads us with the solutions because they always give you solutions at the end of the program. And we, we were quite happy with the solution that they've just offered us. We don't realize you can bring that into real life. They've just programmed you to see a thing in a certain way from their point of view, of course, intended point of view. But... Um, yeah, when they, when they come out with the world of wrestling and, and the, the new world order, etc., part of it was also to get across to the public um, the whole idea of conspiracy theories being part of fun and games and fiction. Uh, that was part of the whole thing. That was, that was also um, predictive programming. And it's true enough, I've got to admit, within... The whole patriot movement is, is they're wrapping it in, they're bringing in all the fiction as well, they're bringing in the new age with it, uh, the, the old stuff, the old uh, star reading stuff and, and predictions and all that kind of stuff. Um, until when you bring up the facts anymore, you're lumped in with, with the crazy ones, and that's counterintelligence. So that's how, that's how that works. But the, the world of wrestling, the new world order of wrestling, was part of that. It was such a silly thing. Uh, it was fiction, it was fun at the same time, and that's how you see anybody mentioning New World Order. Uh, it's, all, it's all bizarre and un unreal to people. You create a kind of mystique of unreality around the very topic itself. When you add in the aliens and all this kind of stuff into conspiracy, tack it on to the facts of the New World Order, which, and I, I read last week quote after quote from big people at the top talking about the New World Order, but, but now when you mention it at the bottom, they would also think that you believe in aliens too, or something like that. It's, it's as simple as it's a technique. It's a technique that's being used, and it works very well. Now there's uh, Steve from Colorado. Are you there, Steve? Hello. Yeah. Hello. Hello, Alan. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, it's a pleasure to talk with you, and thank you for the uh, the work you're doing. Uh, now, 
Uh, yesterday, a lady called you, brought up a, a uh, YouTube uh, that's on now called Monkey Blood. I recommend everyone go there, Google, uh, go to YouTube, type in Monkey Blood. Watch uh-huh. this, this particular uh, uh, segment. It, it's uh, by a, a group called uh, Amen Stop, which is pretty much anti-Masonic you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. At any rate, I noticed you, you really didn't uh, flow with her too much on this. Her premise was, or the premise of this, is that RH positive, RH negative. We all know we're RH positive or RH negative. You're B, B positive, B negative. The RH factor be, being the rhesus factor. We pretty, A lot of folks know that. But what they don't know is that it's the rhesus monkey that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Now, my point is that they're saying there's only 15% of the population or thereabouts that has this RH negative uh, uh, situation, and uh, that RH negative woman cannot mate with an RH positive person. The fetus uh, self terminates unless mm-hmm. there's, unless there's medical intervention. Watch the video; it's quite intense, and mm-hmm. that's why they breed with each other to maintain the RH negative. Now, this leads to the uh, what you just talked about. This leads to what? Then what is this RH negative? So uh, have you seen that uh, monkey blood video? And, uh, no, uh, no, I, I haven't seen that. that. I haven't seen that, but uh, it's, it's when well, she went into the alien abduction thing and all that and wrapped well, it no, in. No, 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 what they said was yeah. that RH negative people claimed to have been victims of alien abduction, and they have a lot of traits. I, don't, I won't steal the thunder. Please watch it at your first, at your earliest convenience. My point is that, yes, they are indicating that the RH negative is, 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 is an unknown situation. Now, mm-hmm. These are hard medical facts. Uh, most of our genome, uh, they, they class as junk genes because they're not really doing anything. And the premise being that we're not in touch with them, which puts us on a higher level. But you don't buy into any of that. But uh, I'll, I'll leave that as it is because I know that you don't. But I will ask you this. Have you spoken to any Olympians lately? Who? The Olympians. Oh. You mentioned them before. Um, I don't think we have to speak. I think they announce things openly now in newspapers. Well, I know, I know you have a contact with one, and I was wondering, had you, you know, had you had a chance to have a, you know, sit down with them and maybe give you any additional information? To those who don't know, the Olympians are the, uh, the rulers. Now, at, at any rate, and uh, Alan, uh, you are aware of one, and yeah. uh, I was just wondering, have you touched bases uh, with that person? Not, not for a while. Now, so my last question, I won't tie up your time, is uh, what is your prognosis for the Obama administration, uh, for Obama's uh, uh, term? Do you think well, you know, I think it's term, obvious. Or do you think it's going to be a Lincoln-esque type event? It could very well be. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt they put a man in here uh, <clears throat> at the right time. They've collapsed the economy, so he's going to take the heat for everything that happens from now on. Absolutely, absolutely. He, he, he is the fall guy. He's and, the fall and, guy, and, and, he's, and they've already said that bailout packages are not going to fix this. Oh, but, but in the meanwhile, no, no. he's going to increase the taxes so incredibly drastically now, to uh, try and pay I will for say, it. I, I'll recommend to your audience that I'm a huge fan, and if I ever win the lottery, I'm going to send you half of it because you're doing a fantastic job. Once again, you're doing a hell of a good job, and you're putting your life on the line doing it. Listeners understand this man is risking his life because, as he said, uh, they get rid of people that become problems. And so uh, for your courage, I salute you. Uh, may you live and be well. And may all of us, uh, uh, you know, send you money. I mean, we have money we waste on, those, on, on, on the, uh, what is it, the, the tax for idiots called the lottery. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't buy a lottery ticket. Send the money to Alan Watt, please. Well, thanks. Uh, and once again, sir, an honor to speak with you. Well, thanks for calling, Steve.
but it's 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 true astonishing it really is astonishing to to watch people at the counters the stores just buying handfuls of these scratch and wins and, and ripping them up and dropping them on the floor and buying another handful one after the other uh, it's a one hell of an addiction that they have and any money they ever get back, the few bucks they get back, once in a hundred uh, tickets, it doesn't pay for all the money you've spent on them. But that's what they offer the people at the bottom as a way out, as a hope, as a dream. Again, like everything else, it's a dream. And it's a big scam as well. But it's sad to watch people going through their money like that and uh, just tossing it on the floor. Very, very sad indeed. But yeah, there are, there, there are very odd things at the top, as they say, for, for these characters... Uh, and just going through some of them uh, earlier on in the show there, from the Power of Nightmares by Curtis. I mean Isaiah Bloom. I mean Isaiah Berlin comes in to Britain from Germany with this uh, strange theory. He he is escalated to the top with these strange theories. And um, Tony Blair, even before he left the office, wrote to Berlin. Berlin was on his deathbed at the time asking him if he could possibly blend the negative with the positive freedoms, meaning an increased element of totalitarianism and still rule the people. Quite interesting, the, the correspondence they had between themselves. Back with more after this break.
and over to the Rothschilds branches in the Royal Institute of International Affairs in Britain because they're both, they're both partners, the different branches of the same organization that literally are setting up this whole world of theirs and they're using all these computers and feeding all our data into them to see how they control us for the next hundred years as they bring the populations down. Where in any election is any of this ever mentioned that I've talked about tonight? You never find it. What you get in election time is pension and education and so on, and welfare and schools. That's what they talk about. They don't mention the NAFTA and the integration of the NAFTA, integration of the Americas. It's completely omitted from everything. Uh, world government isn't mentioned in any national election anywhere. Even though they've all been working on it, every government's got a department working on it and have had for it since the end of World War II. So really, we're getting a punch and judy show for the bottom, for the public at the bottom. And we're never allowed into reality. But again, people like Curtis are given the go-ahead years after certain events to give you the revelation of the method, the techniques that were used on you in the past. It's just a pity that Adam Curtis isn't allowed to tell us what's happening now while they're pulling off the next con and how they plan to manage us for the next 20, 30 years. Because at that level of BBC, if that was spoken on the air, maybe more people would wake up and start getting involved in their own destiny rather than allowing it to be made by people we'll never, ever meet, especially those in the think tanks. Well, that's it for tonight. So from Hamish and myself, it's good night. And may your God or your gods go with you.